The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Welcome back to the second hour of the show. Unless you're listening on the podcast and it's, it's the first hour or maybe the second hour depending on what <laughs> in what order you listen to the show. Uh, if you're listening on uh, Facebook or watching on Facebook, we appreciate you as always. And, of course, our friends down at WZYX in Franklin County. As we continue on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald and the guy who knows far more about the Nashville Fairgrounds than anybody in this room, Um kind of wanted to talk to you Joe a little bit about what the most recent uh, development means for both the city of Nashville the fairgrounds and NASCAR and what exactly does this uh, I guess agreement or whatever uh, was recently signed by Mayor John Cooper what does that mean the letter of intent with uh, Bristol Motor or Bristol Motor Speedway I'm, is what we're talking about to rejuvenate. I guess is the way we're we're putting it now. Uh, the Fairgrounds Speedway in Nashville. Uh, it is uh, it's probably the biggest thing to happen to local racing in a long time. I mean, I, I grant you the Cup race coming back to the Super Speedway is one thing, but uh, the Fairgrounds is such a historic place. It's the uh, longest operating racing facility in the country. It is, it, you know, it's been around since 1904. Um, the history of the place is unbelievable. What it means, it, quick history. Um, for years, of course, it, it ran cup races and local racing. And in 1983, uh, local owner Gary Baker had a partner by the name of Warner Hodgson out of California, Warner liked to spend a lot of money. Warner was in the contracting business and somebody underneath him, uh, rigged some bids and got caught. Long story short, Warner bought out Gary in 83 and went broke the first part of 85. And NASCAR said, we got to get out of here. And they did. Uh, the last race was in July of 1984. Uh, they said NASCAR would never come back to the facility over the years. Uh, Different people came in after Gary, ran the place. Some did well, some did not. Uh, eventually, they built the Super Speedway and took the NASCAR races, which were just the, the second tier, if you will. It's now Xfinity and trucks out there. And the, the place has kind of struggled. It's the only way to put it. Uh, in addition, the area around it changed. Uh, 
that, that entire area has become gentrified, quite frankly. And folks have built houses knowing there was a racetrack there. And they've tried very desperately to close it down. Uh, there have been some administrations uh, in Metro who have tried to close the entire fairground. So uh, that's kind of the background. It, 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 it's kind of been a death spiral. All of a sudden, Bristol's come up and said, we're willing to come in and change that. And, and basically, this letter of intent involves a $50 million investment to upgrade that facility and potentially bring back a cup race. NASCAR has learned over the last 10 years that these cookie-cutter mile-and-a-half tracks just, just don't do it for the fans. The racing's not good. Everybody loves Bristol because it's a short track, and there's lots of beating, banging and passing. Martinsville's the same way, and they're beginning to understand they got to get back towards their roots, and that's what this will do. And the beautiful part about it is, and I'm rambling here, I'm sorry, but the beautiful part about it is it costs Metro nothing. Unlike the Titans, unlike the Predators, unlike the soccer stadium, Metro has no money in this. Don't and yet it'll. Be. I'm sorry. Don't apologize for rambling, Joe, because you know, as as Chris mentioned, you bring information to our airwaves, and and I appreciate that. You know, I'm not a big NASCAR guy, but or a stock car racing guy. I did not realize it had been. 37 years and counting since NASCAR was in Nashville or at yeah. that facility. So that's. Yeah. Well, the, the top tier cup races and, 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 and full disclosure, please understand. Um, I was, PR, I was a 21 year old PR director for the track at the last cup race. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. That ain't going to happen. You ain't going to see no 21 year old kid. Handling public relations at a cup race anymore. Right, right. Well, <laughs> that just ain't gonna happen. You were equipped uh, for it, though. But, but, um, still, you know, I'm the concern. I think at this point, and and Chris and I have kind of mentioned this in passing and that kind of thing. But, you know, you mentioned the number of people who have moved into that area, knowing that there's a racetrack there, and being bothered by racing. Isn't not, it amazing? Not just that, but I mean, the future development of that area is only going to get worse because you're talking about can can you imagine a Sunday afternoon and all those uh, all those twenty one to twenty four year old females who are trying to have brunch uh, in the new development right there where while a uh, a cup race is <laughs> taking place. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> well, you know, and, and and I guess what nobody understands there was there was a point for for literally decades. I mean there there was a there was a, a fifteen year stretch where they ran about twenty Saturday nights and eighteen Tuesday nights during the year. That'll, and that'll never, yeah, that'll never happen again. You know, we ran, I guess the last really full schedule we, we ran in the, in the 90s, we ran 20, we ran 24 weekends, if you will, and didn't have a whole lot of trouble. Again, granted, there's, but, but you have to understand so much of what's happened at the fairgrounds, guys, is not about racing and it's not about sports. It's about money. Hmm. Poor management. Uh, at times. Well, 
for the track, yeah, there've been some issues there, but it, it, it it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, it, it, when you want to bring quote major league soccer in, but the only way to make the deal work is for the city to give me 10 acres of land. That's going to generate a couple billion dollars of revenue over the next 45, 50 years. But I get the land for free. You know, um, that's yeah. one thing this deal, there's Bristol has asked nothing for free. And, you know, there's, there's fit, like I said, there, it's a $50 million improvement, bond improvement. Metro will issue the bonds. Bristol will pay the bonds plus what they're willing to add to it. Um, some of the, some of the improvements that, uh, that I'm hearing about are just going to knock your socks off. Why, and you, why is Bristol willing to do this? Because they understand there's money to be made mm-hmm. over, over, over a long period of time. There you go. Yeah, I mean, if they're willing to put money into it, it ain't just out yeah. of the goodness of their heart. Right. No, I, yeah. especially, I mean, obviously Bristol and Nashville, completely different markets and you're going to get, but with, with it being a similar, you know, as, as far as length goes, mm-hmm. track length, uh, similar tracks. I mean, you're, it's not really the same because the banking at Bristol is just ridiculous, but uh, you know, I think that it's, it's important for people to understand that NASCAR while completely, has certainly ebbed and flowed as far as support goes. It's certainly back on the upswing um, nationally because of things like this, where people, you know, folks who are, who are willing to put back into communities and that sort of thing. But on top of that, how much impact did the All Star and the the broad the the burnout on Broadway and that sort of thing? How much impact did that have on NASCAR being open to coming back to Nashville? I think, well, look, here's the thing. Um, everything they're doing right now is driven by TV because you know, how many races did they have to run last year with no fans? Mm-hmm. Okay, How do they make that work? How do they pay the bills? It's simple. It's the TV money. The contract's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Now, I think TV is driving a lot of decisions. You've seen some major changes in the schedule, et cetera. And I think Nashville's part of it. TV wants the Nashville market. Desperately, number one. Number two, there's not another track anywhere in the country where, you know, the, the old stories about Marty Robbins racing at the fairgrounds and, and pulling off in the middle of the race and literally getting a police escort in his race car to, to get to the Ryman in time to be on the Opry are true. <laughs> and those still those things can still happen. Hey, you know what? The race is over at ten o'clock. We're gonna get in our car, we're gonna drive ten minutes, and we're on we're on lower broad. I mean, come on, how many folks you know? You have any of course, now it's, gonna, it, it's gonna take you twenty minutes to get parked on lower broad, but still you can be down right. there. Right, granted. Take an but Uber. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what's dropped you, off. There you go. Take an Uber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get an Uber. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you just Uber your butt down. Um you know, Chris, yeah, Chris mentioned the the burnout on Broadway and all that, and and how that went as getting NASCAR more bought in. I think NASCAR was bought in before that, though. I think the burnout on Broadway, I think the Hall of Fame induction and that kind of thing coming to Nashville, I think has been an indication that NASCAR wanted to get back into this town. Is that? Am I reading that wrong? 
No, you're exactly right. And I'll, the, the thing that has the thing that has prevented them coming back for low these many years, and the thing that ran them out of here was was not the issue of the bankruptcy. I mean, God knows Gary Baker had enough. I mean, he he told him, "Hey, I'll put all the money in escrow." You know, this is not a money issue. The thing that scared the hell out of NASCAR for years has been the Tennessee State Fair Board and now the Metro Fair Board because you didn't know what they were going to do. The catch to this is part of that was when when the when the issue was going down in the in the middle and late eighties, the original thirty year contract that Bill Donahoe had was about to come to an end, and nobody knew what was going to happen. What NASCAR wants to see is some stability. Bristol coming in and getting this this you know this long term deal. I'm not sure if it's twenty or thirty or however long it's going to wind up being, but it's a and, and they've said from the from the get. I mean, they've been here before when the track was up for bid and and requested it. But the board would never go more than a year with a couple of year options or a five year at the most kind of contract, and that's not enough. To, that's not enough time to put any money into anything. You cannot recoup the money that quickly. So makes sense. The catch is. The mayor stepped in and said, no, we're going to do a long-term deal. If you've got a long-term deal, there are a lot of things you can do. Yeah. Hey, you're at NASCAR. They, they, they will only work with stability because they, I mean, they, they don't have to work with anything else. You know, sure. I mean, it's not <laughs> like, it's not like they, they're banging on, on every short tracks door trying to get in. I mean, it's, it's the other way around. So when you've got yeah. the leverage and you've got the, the ability, you can be picky. And I think Nashville for all of its flaws in the past, right now it's one of the top five destination tour cities in this country and will be for the next couple of decades. And I don't think there's any question that, Folks want to be here, and NASCAR clearly wants to be here, and and you're seeing, you're seeing the fruits of a lot of years of labor in building what Nashville has become. Now, some of us will be are don't love it, but you know those of you who have been here for a lot longer than I have, you may not love some of the things, but you can't argue with the fact that. Middle Tennessee is the place to be right now. And and well, I, I think that, you know, again, there being a short track here because everybody that, that is a NASCAR lover that I tell I've never been to a race tells me I've got to go to Bristol because – That's the one. Yeah. And so the short track aspect of Nashville, I think, really plays into this whole dynamic as well. Well, you know, just a couple of quick notes. Remember, at one time, a baker owned Bristol and Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, the banks at Nashville were higher than Bristol. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. This is this is actually the third configuration uh, of the track at the fairground. Gotcha. Um, one, you know, the other thing that this opens up that I, I think folks have missed, I've been, I've been drooling about this for over a year when I heard that this may actually happen. Think about it. For years... The Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway was the only place in the country where you could run every week and run the top major league series at the same place. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Alexander, Sterling Marlin, Daryl Walter, Bobby Hamilton. Let's start walking through the names, okay? Mm-hmm. 
And, and part of that was, and, and the funny part, Buddy Baker told me one time, because yeah, we were trying to figure out how Bobby Hamilton had, had uh, been able to, to get on the cup circuit and the, and the bush circuit and do so well. He said, Buddy said, look, you've got to understand. He said, Nashville is like five or six different other tracks. You know, coming off turn two is kind of like this place, and, and the back straight was kind of – and he starts naming them off. He says, this is the perfect training ground. Gotcha. To go somewhere else. Well, and, and that's, that's a beautiful thing, but now Nashville has a unique opportunity to have two cup races in a year, one at a super speedway, one at a short track. No other market can do Nobody. that. Nobody. Nobody can do that. That's fantastic. And I, I mean, I'm just, and then if you add in the Grand Prix downtown, mm-hmm. you know, look, oh. guys, how many, how many, Maurice, you've lived here all your life. How many times do you remember years ago when the discussion was who's going to be bigger, Charlotte or Nashville? Right. You know, and with just a couple of different changes, heck, Nashville could be the racing what Charlotte is. But things didn't pan out quite the same. That's okay, but yeah, but that's all right. But but I just I see Nashville is kind of the and it's a much more central location. I mean, you can get you know there's what seventy eight percent of the U.S. population within an eight hour drive of this place. Wow, that's a heck of a number. I mean, you can get to you can get from Chicago to here in eight hours. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It does. <laughs> you know, fantastic. So, it's you know this. I think I think what's going to happen at fairgrounds is going to be huge. I think what's more important uh, for some of our folks, uh, especially down around your area, like the Michael Houses of the world, um, former track champ there, is that uh, Bristol's coming in very committed to the local program too, and that's that's the big legacy. Look, every racer in the country wants to come to Nashville and win. Hell, most of them just want to come to Nashville and race. They just want to get on this track. The fat here, here's a, here's an interesting note for you. The fastest selling track on iRacing, which has become a huge thing, and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm guilty. I'm I'm I'm, I'm addicted. <laughs> I've seen that. It's fun though. Yeah, you know, but the fastest selling track upon release in iRacing history was Nashville. That's crazy. That's awesome is what that is, Joe. <laughs> I'm excited. So, I know you are, and we're gonna get Mo to a <laughs> we're gonna get Mo to a NASCAR race here soon. Just I, get I, me some earplugs, man. Yeah, earplugs is ear, earplugs and sunscreen because it, it it can get rough out there. Um I tell you what, we've got to get we, we need to get Mo um over to the super speedway for the race in June. I don't know if you need to see the, the Seeing a race like that as your first race live, I don't know, man. I don't feel like you're gonna get get the the full the full love of racing if that's your first race. A super speedway, I don't know. Well, that's true, but all it does is wet you and makes you understand how much better the short track is. There, that's that. true. That's true. <laughs> you, you, you don't know what you got till till you don't have it. So no, I'll, I'll let y'all figure all that out and just um. You just come along get, for the ride and up. there and we ho- go and hope and hope there's some food on the way involved. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it. Uh, Joe Williams on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Thanks, man. Guys, y'all have a great day and uh, hope to see you this weekend. Yes, sir. All right. 
When we come back, we'll talk to Landon Seacrest of Seaco Sports, uh, Spring Hill Senior on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Local high school sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yamo Patton, J.P. Plant with you. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on this Tuesday edition of the show. Really excited about this next segment because, one, we get to talk about Amigos. (laughs) We invite you to join our bracket challenge. You can find the link on our Facebook page or on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports. Search Southern Middle Tennessee Sports on Facebook. The link is there. You can enter to win free to play. $100 gift card on the line for the winner. $50 gift card to Amigos. Three great locations. One in Lewisburg. Another in Chapel Hill. And of course, see Noe over in Spring Hill where we had lunch yesterday. And boy, was it fantastic. As expected. As expected. Yeah, my first time going. uh, And I will be back. Not just because I have to with what we're doing, but <laughs> but I will be back on my own volition. It, but, it was fantastic. But you do have to with what we're doing do. because yeah, we will be live it. on location yes. the night of the national championship game from 5 to 7, talking about whoever emerges as those last two teams standing. Yeah, uh, really excited about that particularly. Um as we talk about the NCAA tournament, again, if you are, uh, if you're out there listening and you want to join in, absolutely free to play on ESPN Bracket Challenge. If you want to just search, you can search the SM-TN Sports Challenge. Password is SMTN Sports, all one word, all lowercase. Pretty original. Yeah, real, real simple, real simple. Uh, got got several folks on there already, so definitely want to make sure to get that in. Now, as we continue talking about the NCAA tournament and really what uh, what has become a very interesting tournament overall because, one, you've got teams like, you know, teams who may or may not be able to play. Uh, what if COVID somehow comes into play here and a team has to shut down just so many things that could happen uh to do that on the parks motor sales hotline we bring in from seco sports landon seacrest um spring hill high school senior so hello 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 how are you doing sir 
Good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great, man. Appreciate you joining us for a little bit. Yeah, we had Landon on with us a few weeks ago back during the Snowmageddon and um, wanted to get him back on here at the cusp of the NCAA tournament to um, shed a little light on some of these teams and and the college basketball postseason and that type thing. So, um, Landon, appreciate you taking some time with us. Thank you, guys. So, Landon, I, I just have a couple of quick questions. One, one particularly, are you surprised by any anything just just absolutely jumps out at you about this bracket as far as seating goes? I mean, is there somebody you expected to maybe be higher or lower? Uh, somebody who you may have expected to get in who didn't? Uh, anything just just jump out at you? First, I want to say that in the West region, Gonzaga is the one seed, and I think that they have the easiest path to the Final Four by far. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't disagree with that. Now, I mean, there are some. You say that there there are some people who would tell you that Oklahoma is a tough second round matchup there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But Gonzaga is the best team in the country, so. <laughs> I mean, there's that. I mean, it's a tough second-round matchup for both Oklahoma and Gonzaga. Uh, but but after that, you're right. I mean, it kind of looks like they, you know, it could be Virginia in the Sweet 16 there. And then who knows on that bottom half, you've got Kansas, but Kansas has shown at times to not be very good. Uh, Iowa, who had a great run in the Big Ten tournament, but – Outside of that Oklahoma matchup, it really feels like Gonzaga should just cruise right to uh, the Final Four. Most definitely. And to expand on Virginia and Kansas, we don't even know if they're going to be able to play or what strength they're going to be at because they're dealing with COVID right now. You know, Landon, of of the four number ones, who do you think is the most vulnerable? Uh, I'm going to go with Baylor. Because that bracket, they've got, they can potentially be playing North Carolina or Wisconsin. I think that'll be a tough matchup for them in the second round. And then Villanova looms, who has been, you know, top five in the country all year long and sits in my top four, final four. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> you know, the, the fact that Villanova's going in as a five um, is a little. A, a little surprise, and I think given what they've done, not just this year, but over the past few years, um, definitely you would think that that, that that would be a team that could pose some problems for Baylor should they match up. Um, I guess, Landon, there's a lot of conjecture around this Tennessee team at number five. We talked about that on our show yesterday. Could have easily been a number three, but been so up and down all year. Um how do you feel about that five seed for them and, and what lies ahead of them? I definitely think they were under too. I thought they were going to be a three, maybe a four, not a five, but I can see them getting out of the first round. But their second-round matchup, they possibly might be playing Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State just lost in the Big 12 championship to Texas. So I think that would serve as possibly a hard matchup. Oklahoma State has Cade Cunningham. And then if they move on to the Sweet 16, they'd have to face an Illinois team. I think Tennessee is capable, but we just don't know with the consistency of this UT team. We also don't know the status of John Fulkerson. Now you're conceding that that Illinois Loyola Chicago game to the Illini. 
Yes, you, you, yes, you, I am. You, you, you just, you just. How are you just gonna pick against Sister yeah, Jean you, like you just, that? You just discounting Sister Jean, huh? I, I am a big <laughs> Io Desumu fan. I am a big Io Desumu fan. Understandably so. He, um, he, he's one of the better players in the nation. As is Cade Cunningham, one of the top freshmen in the country. Like you said, for um, for Oklahoma State, gonna be a heck of a um, bracket for UT to deal with. They're going to be so confused. They play black and orange OSUs in first round and second round. <laughs> Didn't we just play these guys like two days ago? Right? <laughs> we, we beat them. Why are we playing them again? Yeah. What's up? What's up? Oh, man. You know, I mentioned this earlier, Landon, and I'm curious to get your thoughts because Alabama does play on WKOM right here on 101.7 FM, so you can hear Chris Stewart on the call uh, right here on this station. Alabama, the two seed in the East – but they match up with a very unknown Iona team coached by Rick Patino. who, if there's any coach you don't want to go up against in the NCAA tournament, it's got to be – Rick Patino has got to be on the short list, right? Definitely, definitely. Rick Patino and maybe Jim Beheim on the other side of the bracket, those are two coaches I'm looking at. Their teams are underdogs, but who knows what can happen in those two matchups. In this Iona team in particular, we were talking over the weekend – they went from like mid December to mid February without playing at all because of um, pandemic restrictions. So, one, you don't know anything about them. Two, they got to be fresh. Yes, that's right. That's right. What Do what you, else? What what else jumps out at you about this bracket? Is there anybody, any matchup that um, that you're paying particular attention to? Uh, the play-in game in the East region with Michigan State and UCLA. I didn't think Michigan State was going to be an 11 seed. Did you think they were? Do you think they're underseeded? Yeah, I think they're underseeded. I, I, I just think the wins that they've gotten within the past or the latter half of the season. I think they should have got like a nine or an eight. I didn't think they would be an 11 or in the play-in game. I thought particularly them being in the play-in game is just. A shock to the system. I mean, um, and and I think what it's going to do is you're going to you're going to have a mad bunch of Spartans having to play on that Thursday night. Just I I think I think Izzo's going to play on that disrespect factor and the whole thing with that deal. Yeah, we saw a Syracuse team, I believe, come from the playing game and make a run to, I think it was the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight a few years ago. So Michigan State has the potential to definitely do that. Speaking with Landon Seacrest, Seco Sports, uh, at Seco Sports on Twitter and Instagram, right? Yes. At Seco yes. Sports Takes on Twitter, S E C O Sports Takes. Uh, make sure to follow him there. He is on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, get let, let's go through these 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 regions. Um, it's so weird calling them the West, East, South, and Midwest. When they're all playing in Indianapolis. Well, not just that, but like typically it's the whatever region site, mm-hmm. you know, the, the St. Louis region or the... <laughs> Somebody tweeted yesterday that, that it should have been the Marriott region or the... Um, <laughs> Wherever, whatever or, or, or the Hyatt region. Had or this where, been the NHL, it certainly would have been because <laughs> they'll sell anything in the National Hockey League. Clearly. clearly. <laughs> but l- let's go through these regions and, and tell me, obviously we know that the the 710 is 
is kind of the obvious upset that that's where they take place quite often. And the 12 five is, is also a big one, but who get one team in each region, uh, who you think, um, nine seed or worse that could make the sweet 16. You're, you're upset alert in each okay. region. In the West, I'm going to go with Ohio just because of the Virginia status. I don't know what strength they're going to be at. And Ohio's pretty good. They have a, a very good player playing the point guard position. And I think he can make a, I'm not going to say Kimball Walker-esque run, but he can be a, a very good player for the Ohio team and maybe make them make a run. And and if Virginia could drop as a number one, then, then you got to feel like they're a little... Um, endangered at a four seed for sure so uh, that's that's an interesting one who else you got uh in the east bracket i'm definitely going to go with michigan state like i just said because Izzo is going to have a chip on his shoulder and we might see the spartans make a deep run into the tournament this year even getting texas in that second round i mean a, a texas team who's played well and obviously won the big 12 uh, won the Big Twelve with an asterisk, though, because they had one fewer game to play because of Kansas. Because Kansas, Kansas yes. went out with COVID, so I, I like that. I think Michigan State is. I mean, again, the disrespect factor, the fact that Tom Izzo will be able to to utilize that to his advantage, and I don't think this BYU team and is great anyway, and. The NCAA already doesn't want to mess around with the schedule, and they're going to have to to, to accommodate BYU in the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 with that Sunday <laughs> issue. So we might see some officiating <laughs> go the way of the Spartans or, uh, or, or UCLA. Or if they UCLA, play yeah. <laughs> now, you're you're looking potentially at a Michigan State-Alabama Sweet 16 matchup. That'd be there. fun. Yeah, that would be fun. fun. Yeah. All right. Who else you got, Landon? In the Midwest, I'm going to go with the huge sleeper, Moorhead State from the OVC. Oh, come on. They mm-hmm. beat Belmont. They uh, they have a very good big man freshman, and I think they might get hot. Belmont, end, I mean, Moorhead State ending Belmont's season as the Bruins did not get into the NIT either, much to right. the right. chagrin of many. Yeah, you know – it's hard for me to root against or for me to pick against Bob Huggins, man. Especially that West Virginia team is pretty good. But I could see it. I mean I'm never gonna I'm never gonna root against an OVC team, you know that. Right. Uh, yeah, OVC. I, OVC. I can't say that because I've always rooted against Murray. Well I didn't root against Except when Ja, ja was, was there. there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Did not root against Ja. Uh, what you got in the South, Landon? In the South, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. They have been up and down this year. They had some games canceled due to COVID, but I don't really see any other lower-seeded teams because I believe Villanova is going to handle Winthrop. I think Virginia Tech is going to be the sleeper out of the South region. Well, I hope you're right after Florida's antics in that UT game in the SEC tournament. I um, I hope you're right on that one. I may even be rooting for the Hokies in that one. So. Yeah. We won't make you give a final four prediction, uh, Landon, just yet. We'll give you we'll give you some time uh we'll, and we'll have you back on the show, but we do want to invite you and we'll send you a link to join the bracket challenge. You could win 100 bucks in free amigos. So there's Thank you. Know, you. Nothing Thank wrong. you. Hey, we'll we'll send you a link for that. So there you have it. We've got uh, we've got the sleepers in each region. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee is underseated. That's 
it's a takeaway. Here. I, I think that's I I think that's a fair take as well. I, I, I mean, again, we've seen Tennessee play at a level that would make you think they could play with anybody in the country. I mean, that Kansas game and the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, they. <laughs> If you could have bottled that up, I mean, if Rick Barnes could have bottled that up, he sure he certainly would have. But um, absolutely, absolutely, that, that they looked unbeatable that day in the first Kentucky game up at Rupp. They looked fantastic, and then they've had some some trash can juice performances as well. So I think that kind of led into their five seed. But it'll be interesting to see them go up against this um this Oregon State team right out of the box. So. So, Landon, um, once again, tell folks how they can find you on social media and follow your work. On Instagram, Seco underscore sports. On Twitter, my handle is at Seco Sports Takes. And I have started a podcast myself, so you can find my podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. What's the spot? What is it? Just Seco SECO Sports? Is that yes? You can search yes. that and find it. Yes. Awesome. We will definitely be doing that. And we'll, like I said, we'll send you an email and uh, get you in. So if you think you can beat Landon <laughs> or any of us, you have your opportunity to, to prove it. And the winner will get a hundred dollars in gift cards to Amigos, and uh, second place gets fifty dollars in gift cards. So in a gift card, so that that's pretty solid there. Landon, thanks so much for taking some time with us today and uh, talking little college hoops. Thank you, guys. That's Landon Secrets of Seco Sports on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us once again. If uh, you missed any part of the part of today's show. It will be on the podcast, SM-TN Sports Today, SM-TN Prep Sports Today for hour number one. When we come back, it's Top 5 Tuesday, and we will count down the top five best days in sports. We'll be right back. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Final segment of this Tuesday show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can hear it on the podcast. Uh, just go to our website, sm-tnsports.com. At the top, there's a podcast tab. Drop-down menu shows you the prep sports hour, the hour number two, and the special guests. Uh, each of those are available at your leisure on demand. Feel free to download them and listen to them wherever you get your your podcasts. Uh, you can just search for sm-tn sports and all of the podcasts should show up if you want prep sports today or just SMTN sports today. As we get ready for this final segment in top five Tuesday, real quick, want to just, I know we haven't talked about it a lot. We won't get to talk about it tomorrow. We'll probably talk about it on Thursday, but the Tennessee Titans have been very busy in the free agent market uh, in the last couple of hours. <laughs> um, I guess less than 24 <laughs> hours anyway, as uh the Titans have have signed 
Bud Dupree, which is a huge help for uh, that pass rush, hopefully. Um, and also signed pass-catching offensive lineman. <laughs> um Kendall Lamb from the uh, No relation Prince. to Paul or Gary. Yeah, well, we we at least we don't think, maybe. <laughs> um so if we if we can't use a tight end, we can use a tackle. There's that. Uh caught a touchdown pass against the Titans, did he not? <laughs> he may have. That may have been when he Caught that touchdown in December. Uh, also got defensive lineman Danico Autry, who had seven and a half sacks last year as an interior rusher. Uh, 57.8% of his pass rushes as an interior defender were against a double team. So he created five sacks and had 11.6% pass pass rush win rate. That's going to be interesting, pairing so, him with Jeffrey Simmons in the middle there. Autry, Simmons, Dupree. Um, it should be... A better mm-hmm. pass rush, but then again, we also thought that last year too. So <laughs> again, well, that should have been a better pass rush. It just nobody can fault John Robinson for trying. Yeah, he tried and yeah. did and did a really good job. It wasn't like he went out and got some scrub. I mean, got a couple of good pass rushers and just didn't pan out and it just it is what it is so you know i credit john robinson for continuing to work to make this team better so not Cor- sure he's got a choice well obviously <laughs> but I, I mean you don't have to you you might you aren't always successful in getting guys like bud dupree and Danico altry so yeah. he's been able to make it happen yeah Corey Davis signs with the Jets. Johnny Smith with the Patriots. Each of them getting twelve and a half million a year. So yeah, can't fault those guys for leaving. Can't clearly. fault those guys for leaving either. So and they go. they weren't going to get that money here. No, I can't believe they got that money anywhere. But <laughs> they did. So anyway, all right. It is Top Five Tuesday, brought to you by our friends over at Mid South Five Fitness. Mid South Five Fitness with locations in Franklin and Columbia. A fantastic way to get in shape. In 2021, uh, steelathletes.com. That's steel with S T E E L athletes.com. Uh, although his last name does have an E at the end, that's okay. It probably, probably folks just spelled it wrong for so long that he just said, you know what, let's just get the other. Just go with it. <laughs> just, just, just go with it. <laughs> yeah. So Mid South Five Fitness proudly presenting you Top Five Tuesday. Fellas, it's time for the top five best single days in sports, unless you're JP, where you have a weekend. <laughs> well, you'll understand why. I will. I, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. All right, <laughs> I went first last week, so who's gonna go first this week? Well, first of all, full disclosure: JP isn't the only one going with multiple days. Uh huh. So, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number five is, and I'm not a huge golf fan. But um, and so you might want to throw an asterisk on this one. But the final round of the Masters, especially if Tiger's in the hunt, but Sunday at the Masters, yeah, is, yeah. Sunday at the Masters. Um, I'll go next, Chris. Um, I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Okay, okay. And uh, Sunday Masters is one of those. It uh, it started in my top five, and as I built 
<laughs> it it kind of got pushed. As you to, had time to yeah, think about it, huh? It got pushed to an honorable mention. And then um, the division round of the NFL playoffs is another honorable mention. So that Saturday okay. and Sunday, you've got two double headers. This year, we had triple headers, Yeah, I believe, on the division round, they if were. I'm not mistaken. Um, so those two days um, were are, are, are always fun for NFL football. All right. Oh, 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 oh and then, so number my number five. five, yeah. Number five, um, Kentucky Derby Day. First Mid- Saturday in May. Mint juleps. A waste of bourbon. Hold on. Mm. Anyway, that's another story for another day, I guess. <laughs> you're, you're on your own on that one. No, I'm no, a mint li- julep fan. I'm not a mint julep I'm fan. fan. Light, just, light on the syrup. No, just just give me the bourbon and keep everything else. All right, that's, that's perfect. With a little sprig of mint as a garnish? No, no garnish. I, I'm with you, JP. It's, it's yeah, it's mint julep day. Mm. Go ahead. Number five, Thanksgiving Day. That's mm. uh, it. Uh, there's nothing better than being in a turkey coma watching mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys lose. <laughs> <laughs> Very few things better than that. <laughs> All right. All right. Number four. Number four. Um, Labor Day weekend, which has over the last few years evolved as the opening weekend of college football, 2020 notwithstanding. Yeah, that was kind of on my honorable mention. I'll, I'll, I'll call it week two because week one is like three or four different games. But week two. But of none of week, week zero. Few, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Week zero. Yeah, that folks covering Tennessee high school football couldn't, couldn't handle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Labor Day weekend is, yeah, <clears throat> fantastic week. All right. Uh, my number four is uh, going to be uh, New Year's Day bowl games. So New Year's Day, the New Year's Six. Um. Okay. Hey. Kind sure. of that whole weekend. Okay. No. My number. My, my number four is conference championship day in the NFL. NFL Sunday, conference championship day. That's the best. That, that's the best NFL day for me. He's a hater. This one over here is a hater. What else is new? Yeah. Um. My number three, and for some reason I forgot about the Super Bowl. That probably should be at least an honorable mention. My number three is the first day of the NFL draft, the first round. That's a good one. That's a good day. Yeah, it's turned into a spectacle. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, yes, Thanksgiving Day for sure, but college football. But it's you, right- want, you want the Friday Egg Bowl, the Saturday yeah, Iron Bowl. Yeah, well, that yeah. weekend, especially in the SEC, it's rivalry yeah. weekend, typically, traditionally. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are great games. They mean something, and you, you get leftover turkey sandwiches. Look, I – that's my Thanksgiving day. I, you could incorporate all of that, yeah. but yeah, mm-hmm. my number three is Sunday at the Masters because I, I don't, I don't know how you don't have this in your top five, guy. That, that you, you've seen the meme, the guy blinking his eyes. This is me right now. I, 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 Sunday at the Masters is one of the top three days in, in all the sports. I, not if you're not a huge golf fan. I'm not a huge golf fan, but I love watching it. The, there's no better drama in sports than Sunday at the Masters because it's so elongated. It's drama all day from the start to finish. <laughs> the ebbs and flows no. through oh. the uh, azaleas yes. and pines of Augusta National. All right, so my number two is um, basically the first and second day of the NCAA tournament, the round of the ones versus 16s, whatever that round is. 
that Thursday, Friday, typically. All right. Uh, we've got uh, under two minutes left. Uh, my number two is uh, that opening weekend of college football, Labor Day weekend. Uh, love that. Tailgate all day on Saturday and watch. I have three TVs usually set up outside. It's fantastic. My number two is also, but it's day one of the NCAA tournament. Day two is never nearly as exciting as day one. I don't know why to me, but day one is – uh, I just stuck to the rules. That's what I did. So anyway, <laughs> that's, that's why he's hating on us. Which is an accomplishment on your part, actually. That's why he's hating but on yes, us today. Day one and day two of the NCAA <laughs> is my number two. Okay. All right, number my, one. My number one is Major League Baseball opening day and specifically the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> in Philadelphia in March. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. All right. Number anyway. one, JP. All right. My number one is going to be um, the first round of the NCAA tournament, particularly when it falls on St. Patrick's Day. Which no, it misses well, this year. Yeah, it do, just missed, but uh, it's fantastic. Number, you pair those two together, it's incredible. Number one is New Year's Day. New Year's Day football, there's nothing better. I mean, if you're a college football fan, I, how it's number four, I, this guy, I don't know. Because I'm throwing stuff at Because him. national championship games or games with national championship implications no longer are part of that mix. It doesn't matter. It it's does. all day college football. That's the, that, there's, it, it's just, it's in my list. I know, I know. Anyway, that's my number one. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, vote on the poll on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports. We love to, pre, we appreciate you guys being with us today. Uh, listen to the podcast, SM TN Sports.com for all your local sports coverage. ZYX uh, down in Franklin County, we appreciate you for JP Plant and Maurice Patton. I'm Chris Yao saying, have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Cool